Welcome to the Dare to Move podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Wood, and I'm not your life coach, just a girl who never gives up. I am so freaking pumped for today's interview. The man I'm about to share with you, Joseph Flanagan, is not only a character in my book and a man I've mentioned before on other episodes, but he's someone who mentored me when I was 22. And he's currently the CEO of a company called Acquirin. And if you remember the story, he's the guy who would gather us all, all 100 plus employees at Acquirin in the morning around our desks in a large circle. He'd give a motivational speech or have a motivational speaker come in or highlight somebody who did something awesome. And after our 8 a.m. morning meeting, he would say, let's go set the world on fire and then we'd all clap. And it's just such an epic thing. I don't know anyone else who has morning meetings like that or really takes that leadership role in a company. And Joe's got an interesting story because he started his own company when he was 27. And as I sit here at age 28, that means so much to me because I'm still trying to figure out how to take what I'm doing to the next level. And he clearly did that as young as 27. So before we get started with Joe, I'm just going to tell you a little bit more about him in a you know biographical way. So he currently is the chairman and CEO of Acquirin, which is located in Evanston, Illinois. It's about 40 minutes north of Chicago by train. He started a company at 27 in the international insurance brokerage world. And he sold his company that he started at age 27 in 2001. And he actually sat on its executive committee for three years afterwards and was on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange when The Hub went public. In 2002, he was named one of the rising stars in the industry of business insurance magazine. So really, really incredible guy. But the biggest reason I want him here is because he takes leadership very seriously. There was a guy in the company at Acquirant who was a couple years older than me when I worked there. And he told me, he said, you know, I started talking to Joe and he said, why don't we like actually sit down and have coffee sometime? And I thought, well, if he'll sit down with this guy, like maybe he'll sit down with me. And Joe did actually sit down with me for coffee multiple times in a three-month stint of time, I was there. So super awesome, super relatable, super down-to-earth. He's the kind of guy that will remember your name at the airport, even if you only worked for him for three months, and that was me. He currently serves as the chairman of the board for the Cook County Health Foundation, co-chairman for the McGraw YMCA's Camp Echo Capital Copay, and he's on the board of directors for First Bank and Trust of Evanston and the Evanston Youth Job Center. Clearly, he is very active in his community. He has five children, one of whom went to school with me at Miami of Ohio, and just an all-around awesome guy. I cannot wait to share with you him and all that he is. Without further ado, Joseph Flanagan. Hello, Garrett. Hi, thank you so much for meeting. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I just started this podcast, and... I have four episodes live, and I thought to myself about a month ago, who do I want to interview? And you came to mind because as an I've taken a lot of the things that you 
just said to all of us in the first three months of my real world working experience that really stuck with me. So I thought I could share that with other people. Well, that's very kind of you. And was it any good, any of the advice that I gave you, was it any of it good? Or Yeah, it, uh, it was great. It was great. I think the biggest thing is just you empowered people to go after what they wanted and, and knowing that the sky is the limit in, in a lot of ways. And that if you know sales, you control your destiny in a lot of ways. So I always start now these podcasts with a quote. And the quote that I want to talk to you about is actually the one that you used to say. And I'm not sure if you still do, but every uh, day, let's go set the world on fire. So what, right. does, what does that mean? Where did that come from? Well, as you remember, we start every day with an all-company meeting. Mm-hmm. And the all-company meeting is just a, a way to get people centered and focused in on getting their day started. And what we do is we reward and recognize folks for what they accomplished the day before. And so, you know, it's a, it's a part of our ritual as a company that allows people, as I said, to kind of get centered and get themselves focused. And then I try to, so other people read the deals and we have announcements of the day. And then I try to tie it up with some kind of you know, theme or message and, and be, try to be as encouraging. I wouldn't say inspiring, but to, you know, to, to get people focused. And then, and then I say, let's go set the world on fire. And I clap. I love now, that. <laughs> and we all clap in unison. So it's, yeah. it's a, it's kind of, do you, you remember that? Oh my gosh. It stands out to me like so, so strongly. And I didn't realize that that's not the rest of the real world. You know, that was my introduction to the real world, which was right, pretty awesome. Right. So the question was, where did I get that? I went to high school at Loyola Academy, mm-hmm. which is a Jesuit school. And it is a one of the themes that the Jesuits project that they want their, their alums to go set the world on fire. And I just think that's a great idea of how you should be attacking your day, attacking your job. And, you know, attacking being a father, a mother, and, you know, we have an opportunity. So I just felt like that was a great uh, thing about enthusiasm. And hopefully it's great to hear that you as an alum of Acquirant took that away. Absolutely. It had an impact. And and, and actually, I hear that with some frequency. I uh, I can imagine. It's unique. It's inspiring. It's a really good habit, honestly, for a lot of people. Because if they go to work on their own or whatever they decide, they probably miss that, you know, centering motivation. And so the listeners know, if you were sitting on a plane and you had to tell someone what you do for work in a couple sentences, tell us about yourself and your job. Well, it's it's an easy it's an easy answer because you know that happens all the time. <laughs> I say I sell stuff. I sell stuff. Love it. And they say, what stuff do you sell? I mean, without fail, they yeah. say, what stuff do you sell? And I said, whatever you need. And, <laughs> and, and so they kind of laugh and I say, oh, no, no, seriously. No, I, I own an, an outsourced sales and marketing company. We work for organizations and help them in their sales journey. And, you know, we perform a different role in most companies that we have, whether it's creating leads or whether we take opportunities from a prospecting to a closing stage. So it's all a little bit different, but, you know, kind of adding that other 
when I'm the first 18 years of my career before we really got acquire going, I was in the insurance business. Mm-hmm. And people would say to me, what do you do for a mm-hmm. living you know, on that same plane? Yeah. So I sell insurance. And that's, a, that's one quick way to shut down a conversation. <laughs> yeah. You know, I actually was in the commercial lines and, and a okay. uh, great way to, I mean, nobody wanted to talk to an insurance guy after that. <laughs> did you feel, or when did you first feel like an entrepreneur? You know, that's a great question. I think the term entrepreneur has taken a whole new meaning in the last 10 mm-hmm. to 15 years. And when I first left the big company I started at, I went to work at Aon right out of college. And five and a half years later, I left to start my own insurance brokerage firm. And I didn't really feel like I was an entrepreneur, but I, I felt like it was somebody I wanted to build a company. So I think it was probably back then that at an early age when I decided it was time that I wanted to build a company and be an employer, right? There's one thing about being self. There's one thing about working on your own. And, and but then there's one thing, the, the, the other thing is about building a company. And I think, so to answer your question, probably when I first started hiring people, okay, that's when you really feel like you're building businesses and you're, and you're, you're impacting people's lives, right? I mean, one of the great things that, you know, you said early is, you know, it impacted your career. Mm-hmm. It, it helped you set up, have a vision of what it would take to be successful. And that's really meaningful to me, right? That's as awesome. somebody who's, who's hired lots of folks in the last 25 mm-hmm. years. And, you know, so it's, it's great to hear. What was the biggest struggle initially to get it started and off the ground for anyone who has a vision that's listening to this saying, gosh, like, how do you just get to that point of hiring people? Like, what was your biggest initial struggle? If I had to tell you all my problems, we, we this <laughs> but, you know, I was very fortunate. I, I started out, again, kind of different time. There wasn't this private equity and people didn't go out and get funding. Mm. I mean, I, I did it with money that I'd earned and say, mm. so I was cautious okay. and was able to hire one person at a time to fill a need that I thought we had. Okay. And I felt like I could afford it. Mm-hmm. And that was a, that was an important piece of the puzzle. And, and that allowed me to really focus in on hiring people that I thought would be a great fit. That's right? important. Uh, I, I mean, the first person I ever hired was my brother. Nice. And for a couple of reasons. One, I thought he'd be great at what we were doing. And two, he was really inexpensive. He came on the family. <laughs> but yeah, I was very fortunate. So I, I don't know that there's any secret sauce because we've hi- I've hired a lot of folks that didn't work out too. It doesn't mean that okay. they're bad or that they're, they're, they're not good people. Just it, it didn't work for whatever reason. So, you know, hiring is a tricky thing mm-hmm. that we, we do a good job here at Acquiring, but we all make mistakes. And why sales? What was it about sales that got you excited that you thought, I want to teach people, I want to train people? What was it that made you go into that? Well, I think I came out of the womb of salesman. I love that. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I literally <laughs> did. I think that it was... It's innate. Right. It's, it was, for me, it was a, a very natural skill. And so I just took something that I felt like I was pretty good at and okay. I was, it was natural. And I, I wanted to teach and coach and help companies that really struggle, right? I mean, a lot of the companies that we work for today are technology-based 
private equity backed companies who are terrific at building technology, mm-hmm. understand customer service, understand engineering, but they really struggle with sales. And so that's really where we overlap mm-hmm. and are great partner for those companies that really think, you know, I mean, literally, I, I talk to some people like anybody can do it better than what we can, right? We are so bad at selling. And, and so, you know, that's a that's a really easy prospect for me, right? I mean, yeah. so, but people really struggle with this. Again, especially a lot of these technology companies that are, that have different DNA. I see. I see. And instead of converting their employees, you're providing them with salespeople most of the time, right? It's very rare, like my situation at Acquirent, where the company actually sent me to you to be trained. Correct me if I'm wrong, but eight out of 10 times, you guys are staffing for these companies. Nine, nine and a half. Okay. Out of 10. Your situation was different, okay. but most times people come to us and say, you know, we're struggling with, you know, the sales of this product, help us build the sales team. I so see. we will then, you know, go out and recruit, train and manage Amazing. our clients' sales teams okay. and, or, or part of it, right? I mean, there, there are some parts of the sales process where, for example, we, where we fit for a lot of companies is is for company if people that have sales reps who are outside reps, so they yeah. they work out of their home mm-hmm. and they they're expected to be in planes and trains and automobiles in front of prospects and clients, whether that's in a hospital or in government mm-hmm. or in large corporations, and it's very difficult for them to prospect and to make cold calls and to to line up their next prospect. So that's that's a, a role we play is kind of being an inside lead generator for those outside sales teams, which awesome. people are really love. Yeah, that's needed. What is the best sales advice you've ever been given? And then your favorite sales advice to give? I've been given so much good sales advice. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I could that I could do it because what I'd probably done is stolen it all. And, and, and <laughs> we're all sharing. Money, this yeah. Yeah. No, but here, here, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. We built, you know, this company on, on what we call our five pillars. Yes. Do you remember what those uh, pillars That was there? one of my questions for you. I, I feel like I could give a, a general speech on all the things I learned, but I don't know if I could remember the exact five principles. And I remember uh, being nervous in the morning meeting. <laughs> So, so, so we think the best sales advice I mm-hmm. give to people all the time is, or the, the, the other way people uh, frame the questions, what do you look for in a salesperson? Mm-hmm. We think the most important attribute to being a great salesperson, right? Here's my advice okay. is positive attitude, right? Do you remember that one? Yes, I do. It's all going to come so back. We, we think that, you know, particularly in an inside sales role, picking up the phone, making up on calls, having a positive attitude is something people respond to. Yeah. And it can go through, travel through the phone. And it's a really infectious thing. You know, so so the goal is when you wake up in the morning, how do you get yourself, how do you get your right. fire burning? Mm. Right. For two reasons. One, because that's what people respond to and that's what they buy. And secondly, because sales is hard. Mm-hmm. And if you've got that internal battery, if you've got that internal, you know, positivity, it keeps you going when things are tough. Love that. Right? So, that, so there's yeah. two parts of being. It's a tough the job. Importance of having a positive attitude. One for who, the people you're you're trying to engage with, and two, just keeping yourself up. Second thing, and these are all in order of importance. Okay. Is asking good questions. 
Yes. Right. We feel like the importance of the most important part of being a great salesperson is that curiosity and, and the ability to ask an effective, well thought out, timed question. The third is shutting up and listening. Right. Because then that's a real struggle for a lot of salespeople is they just they want to, you know, throw up and show. And that's that's awful. It's an awful way to do it. So so the art of asking good questions and then shutting up and listening. Mm -hmm. The fourth is understanding your product and how it applies in that situation. And the fifth is grit and the toughness to do it again and again Mm. and again and again. Right. So so my best advice for people and how to become, you know, what do you look for is somebody with an undying positive attitude. Mm And ability to ask good questions, shutting up and listening, you know, understanding how your product applies, mm-hmm. and then the fifth is grit and tough toughness to yeah. do it again because you know sales is tough, tough and you get a lot of no's and, yeah. and, and you got to be able to respond. And I like that the fourth one is know your product because if you don't have a relationship and a positive attitude and ability to connect, you're never even going to get to talk about the product. Right. So right. I like that. And, and so in sales, you know, we think, and those are in order, right? And, and, and so how do you, but you know, every salesperson has got to be able to walk into those sales opportunities with those good questions, mm-hmm. right? You know, yeah. if, if, if I know a company, right, the, the value prop that we propose to people is recruiting, training, and managing mm-hmm. our clients inside sales team. Again, it's recruiting, training, and managing. If I know somebody's office is in a small town in Maine or Pueblo, Colorado, mm-hmm. I know they're struggling with hiring salespeople. I know they can't build a sales team that would have the, the velocity of sales, to, you know, the, the, the number of talented salespeople in those communities. So I direct the conversation to know to get to say to them, well, what, what are you struggling with? Do you, you know, do you have a hard time hiring salespeople? And I just yeah. shut up. Love and I know that. the answer. And I let mm-hmm. them tell me how they're struggling. Yeah. And then I know I that's one of the one of the ways I'm able to go back and say, let me tell you how we can help. Uh, we, we live in the we're in the town, we're in the great city of Evanston, which is next to the great city of Chicago, and there's about a billion young mm-hmm. talented salespeople that moved to Chicago to work get work, just like you did. Yeah. That's awesome. And I always ask this question of successful people, people that are leaders, that are motivated, because I feel like many motivated, successful individuals have kind of weird ticks about them that make them who they are and make them successful. So do you have anything that you do on a routine basis that keeps you in that positive mind that's obligatory for your life, whether it's jumping in a cold pool of water in the morning or drinking five cups of coffee or listening to certain music, meditating. What is it for you? That's a great question. I don't think I've got a good answer. I do like to listen to podcasts when I have the opportunity. And I, you know, you, so you listen to stuff that's about, you know, a human story or something about something very positive, something that will, will give a good message. It takes me out of a little bit of my normal self mm-hmm. and focused on something else. So tomorrow, tonight I'm, I'm going to New York city and then tomorrow night I'm, I'm going to going to flying to Boston and then driving a couple hours to a client in South Portland, Maine. And so I'm excited. I, it's about a two hour drive and I, I know listen that I'm going to, gonna, I'm going to listen to a couple of podcasts and, and, and just get out of my element and, and focus in on 
yeah. being something different. But I, I don't know that I have any other sage advice about how you, uh, how I keep my battery going. Right. I would say that, you know, my wife and I have made a huge commitment in our lives and being, you know, active and about parents. We've got five kids and we are very blessed and fortunate to have four of them out of college and living in Chicago. And That's awesome. our baby is a junior at, at uh, Indiana. And so that's a huge priority and that gives me tremendous amount of great energy. Yeah. You know, just being with them. Awesome. And is there anything that's making you jump out of bed in the morning? Do you get certain things about work or projects that get you excited? You know, I think I've been doing this a long time. I think it's a habit to get, I get up early and get out of bed and, and mm-hmm. jump. And I just, uh, you know, it's a grind. It's, it's, and again, we got so much to work on. We have so many things that are not, we don't do well that, you know, just continuing to just tweak it, make tweak it, it get better. And, tiny percentage. You know, I, we've got about 140 people here. Wow. It's a big number. I, I got to hit payroll every, every two weeks. Yeah. So, that's pretty good motivation. Yeah. I think. What is one of the most important things you think Acquirent does to have a good corporate culture? And I say that because I still remember people's names from that office and there were so many people. Like what do you think it is about the workflow? Because everyone everyone is there's very strict rules about when you're in your desk and when you leave and people taking legitimate lunch breaks, or at least when I was there and people are in different corners and w- with their teams, but still there's this flow. People are walking to the cafeteria. They're kind of mingling at times. I just felt like it was really inclusive and collaborative. That's nice to hear. And I, as a matter of fact, I, I, as you recall, as you get off the elevators and you get into the lobby, People come in there, if they're coming to see me or whatever, they'll meet somebody and they'll say, hey, you know, take a seat. I'll tell Joe you're here. And they, nine out of 10 times, the first thing they'll say to me, Joe, you have the nicest people in the world that work here. About everybody said hello to me. Everybody's offered me coffee or water and asked if I was taken care of. And, and it, it's just the way we hire and um, so I think that the you know I kind of ref- inferred it as a somebody that's built a couple of businesses the opportunity to put every brick one every person one brick at a time oh. allows you to really select who you want in the game in the company and who you don't and so it's a it's a selection it's a choice we've made and we, mm-hmm. we want to find people who are positive and that creates a culture that you kind of remember and recall Mm -hmm. and you know we all work on one floor so i mean it's there's we work in trading desk format so it's it's including myself i sit in the middle of the floor and so people they vibe off that and they they there's a lot of positivity and again it's a a grind of a job Mm -hmm. you know if you've got to pick up the phone and make 100 calls a day or whatever and but so you're being surrounded by people who are good people, nice people. It, it, it all you know, yeah. Awesome. And over the years of, of running Acquire It, how has the way you manage people changed based on the technology changing? You know, there weren't distractions like Facebook and Instagram. Like that was just getting started when I was in school. So, 
Well, again, you go back to hiring good people and trusting that they're going to do the right thing. But I think the probably the most important change has been the implementation of tools like CRM, which we are, if we given the opportunity, we would park all of our clients in salesforce.com. That is the 800-pound gorilla in that. So we manage towards in two ways. One, through the metrics okay. that we measure through CRM. So if you're not using, everybody here uses CRM effectively every day, all day, because they have to. Mm-hmm. That's our report card to our clients. And our managers use that as in a report card to manage. Well, you're not making, you know, to the metrics, right? Yeah. So there's a part of this that is metric driven. The other thing is, you know, our, our, all of our accounts have a manager that works with them and, and is primarily the conduit to the client on a day-to-day basis. But their job is to make sure that those people are making those calls, they're they're making the pitch, they're following up the right emails, and, and that they're really engaged in that process. So, I mean, who, who is the manager of the account? Uh, Jeff. Winthrop. Yes. Or Pertel. Winthrop. Yeah. So, I mean, you, know, you remember that today. I mean, and, and, yeah. and was he active and connecting with you? And Absolutely. Like yeah. more than once a week, just yeah, constantly yeah. And, checking and in. So he was, I mean, he was the key conduit to the client. Yeah. Right? So, so we think that combination of the personal touch, that manager who's sitting 20 feet from you mm. and, the, and the ability to kind of track and manage stuff with technology, systems and technology has given, is a game changer. I see. And that's what we work towards. That's awesome. And so the people who are probably listening to this, besides my mom, have the portfolio lifestyle, which I've come to find myself living, which is having multiple jobs that make significant income where you can... So I do real estate, development, and brokerage. I wrote a novel. I have a podcast. I teach fitness. I'm an online business. And you need sales for all of that. Right. So. What would you tell someone listening who has a portfolio lifestyle like myself that they can do today or in 2019 to learn more about sales? There's a lot of great sales training available online. Okay. That Google thing is is, uh, access a a lot. And so there's there's great stuff. It it is a hard lifestyle. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how you do it. Uh, I know you probably don't sleep a lot, but it is the transitioning from from those things. I find it easier just to get up and do the same thing every day Mm -hmm. for, but it's, it's having the the freshness and the ability to do that. So I I would think that, you know, each of those things requires a little bit different sales skill, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, you know, some of that is marketing, right? I mean, your podcast, you're not going door to door. You're not going, you know, the people on the, on the bus and, and talking about, you know, you've got a, you, it's a different sales skill than what you did when you were here, when you're engaging with, you know, B2B mm-hmm. in a B2B environment and selling to auto dealers. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a different sales uh, skill for each of them. So, you know, I, I'd, I'd, I'd say that in the absence of that, and of course our, our website's got a bunch of good sales That's videos awesome. that you could access to. Yeah. So you say just put the time in, do the reading, do the research, and obviously follow the five principles that I will share with the world, which <laughs> is um, no, very but, helpful. But, yeah, and, and you know, we don't subscribe to a particular methodology like spin selling or challenger sales. They're, they're all good. And you, you, know, you just have to find what works 
for yourself. But, you know, I, I think that positivity and the, the ability to ask those good questions is paramount mm. to being an effective salesperson. That's awesome. Two-part question. Who inspires you and what does leadership mean to you? Who inspires me? I got a lot. Of, I got inspiration from lots of places, but I, I you know, I, I look at, I, I look at people that achieved a lot in business in their life and who are plugged in to other things as well. You know, very much. You, know, you, you know. So I, I try to model people that have been successful in business, mm-hmm. who have figured out how to balance the family life, who awesome. give to their communities civically and socially and have a bit of an activist slant towards themselves. And I think that those things trying to balance and be a positive factor in your community mm-hmm. are things that are, are also, and, and by the way, I think they all work together, right? I mean, yeah. you know, when, when I'm out, you know, in political or a social setting, my business hat is always on. Right? I love they, that. They feed, Same. I can't feed, take it off. They, they feed each other. Yeah. So it's people that can do that, have the energy to do that. I mean, that's, that's a huge, uh, it's a, you, you need a big battery in order to do that. Yeah. Do you, how do you talk to your employees about social media and how that can impact sales? I mean, I know a lot of it's B2B, so it's not personal selling, which is social media is a lot of, you know, you can sell yourself or just B2C. How do you see that playing a factor? Well, I would not suggest that I'm a prognosticator of, of, of where social media is going, but it's coming, right? Anybody yeah. that says it's not coming has got their head, uh, head uh, in the clouds. <laughs> and actually, we do use social media yeah. in order to promote our company. Awesome. It's so important. Because, right, we, we sell for our clients. We work for Humana. We work for Wex. We work for all these companies. We sell their products to different companies. Mm-hmm. But we also have to attract talented salespeople. Yeah. So we have an active Instagram, Facebook, and we look at Glassdoor as a social media tool that is effective as well. So we have to the second part of the sale is selling our company to our candidates. So we're much more active in that. So I mean and we found it to be incredibly effective. Uh, and what's the most fun part of business for you? Yeah, you know, the hunt, right? The, the, the hunt. The I love people, that. The, the working with people and, and getting deals done. Yeah. And, and I really do and I really do love working with the young sales talent mm-hmm. that we have here and teaching them about sales and what it takes to be successful in sales, right? I'm I'm not the I'm not the greatest sales guy. I'm not the most successful businessman in the world, but but I have had some degree of success that people can look to and say, in order to be successful, I got to work. Mm-hmm. I got to get up early. I got to go to work Yeah, and I got to grind and it's not easy. Yeah. And I got to, you know, I've got to be tenacious and that's, that's part of it. Yeah. I think right? that, I, I, that's part of it. I love hearing that you enjoy that because that is what I took from acquiring is knowing that, you know, a hundred sales calls might sound daunting, but so does any other job you're going to do. If you want to be successful, it's going to be really hard. But you guys facilitate like a mentality that helps people get through it, which is incredible. And learn how to enjoy that grit, that hustle. 
Right. So I mean, we, we, we have a holiday party every year and I, we invite our f- former employees back. Every year people come back and they just, they love it. I mean, they come back and they tell us what an impact we had on their life and, 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 and how we taught them, you know, great skills. I mean, very much like what you said. I mean, it, it's, it's very, very satisfying for me to have impacted a lot of people's lives in a positive, productive way. It's incredible. And I get great satisfaction there. Awesome. And what is, what is next for Acquirent? Is there anything that you're thinking about, you know, five years down the road or employee-wise or client-wise that you're excited about? Well, we have in September of 2017, so 15 months ago, we bought a company in Indianapolis called Legion. And so it's been a great addition to the company. They've got about 30 folks there and it's focused a little bit different on different client. So we get clients that inquire about our services every day. And we kick those if it doesn't fit to Legion. Typically, it's a fit for smaller companies who are maybe looking to do more research or do a product launch and to see how it is. And so what we do is we create leads for their sales team, lead gen kind of excellent, kind of like that. Huh? So again, acquire, we've got larger clients like uh, Humana and, and Wex and Home Advisor and places like that. And it's just, so the other one's a bit of a, a better fit for smaller companies. That's awesome. So my, my final question today, besides you letting people know where they can find you, your website, I'll link it in the podcast below so they can get there. Do you have a story or a memory or advice that goes along the lines of selling to someone that felt absolutely impossible or never giving up in a sense of maybe you called them 20 times and on the 21st time, you know, you close the deal. Do you have anything like that where you just thought it was an impossible sale and something worked? I got a, I got a ton of them. I love I got that. A ton of, you know, I mean, it, 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 I was one of my, uh, on Wednesdays, somebody is selected to read a quote and we in our morning meeting, right? So somebody right. says a quote and we talk about why, why they chose that quote and what it means to them. And today's was a little bit about, you know, opportunity and preparation. And, and I talked a little bit about, you know, that in order to, to create the next sale or a sale, you got to be out there and you have to be prepared to lose. Oh. And so I'm going on this, I'm going to, as I mentioned, I'm going to New York and Boston today. And, I've got a couple calls that I've been calling these companies for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I know we're a great fit for them. Mm-hmm. They don't know it yet, <laughs> but I know that. And I'm going to hang around the rim. We talk about hanging around the rim mm-hmm. uh, and being there. And, and again, some of the stories are I've been calling on these people for so long and they go to another company. And they oh. think this is a great fit, right? So, I mean, it's not it, – if you think linearly about where this person's going to be and where this opportunity – maybe it's never going to happen. But when they go to another job, and if I do a great job of representing the brand, of acquiring yeah. who we are, how we – you know, I hang around the room long enough and represent our brand well enough, we're going to be successful. Yeah. So, it's a – you know, and, and, and that all goes back to having the right attitude mm. and accepting no from people in a positive, non-whiny way and saying, thanks for the opportunity. You know, let's keep in touch. You know, can I can I call you next, you know, you know in 60 days? I want to keep in touch. And, and just, just being a good person, I think that that allows you to, to be in those positions to, yeah. to have success when you don't 
Awesome. And really quick, that just made me think of one more thing. Is there a certain, do you coach people? I guess it really depends on the industry, product, all of that, but on exactly when the best time to follow up is, do you have any insight on that? Whether it's 30 days, 60 days, two weeks? Absolutely. The answer is you ask that person. Oh. You know, it's listen, you know, Mr. Smith, thanks for the opportunity. I, I'm, I'm in sales. I think we're a great fit. I know it's not a great fit now. I would like to follow up you. Can I call you in February? Mm. Nobody ever says no. Now, it doesn't mean I'm going to get the deal. Yeah. But I'm asking him, I'm saying, hey, listen, I'm in sales. I need to make these calls in order to make a living. When's a good time to call you? You know, is it a better season? Is it a better time of year? Is it, you know, but I'm asking them for the permission and setting that expectation. And yeah, people always respond. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I really appreciate your time today. It was so great to see you. Great to reconnect. Yeah. I just, I appreciate you taking the time so much. And I hold all those principles so dear to my heart with everything they taught me. So I appreciate it. And I'm excited for people to hear your principles in Boston and all over. Right, right. Well, I'm very proud of, of what you've done, what you're doing. You know, I had a chance to get to know you a little bit when you were here and, and always knew you had a, a big battery and very ambitious <laughs> and, and, you know, which, which are great traits, right? In sales and, 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 and life, right? And Thank uh, you. so hopefully you continue to live your dreams. Thanks. And, I will. And, Keep it going because it's uh, it's great to watch you and, and you. Uh, follow you on Instagram and, and congrats on your success. Thank you so much. And I'm going to put links in the bottom of the podcast so people can find Acquirent and see the great videos that you guys have. So, Do you remember what my auto sig says? Make it a, what, what is it? Make it a great day. Make it a great day. Love it. Love it. Thank you. I'm going to go set the world on fire now. Make it a great day. Great. <laughs> Make it a great day. Bye. See ya. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to connect, you can reach me at Garrett N. Wood on Instagram or the podcast Instagram at Dare to Move Podcast. Imagine that. I hope you have an amazing day. And just so you know, our podcast is where we explore all the productivity hacks, business scaling tools, and unique characteristics and personality traits of entrepreneurs leading the way in the portfolio lifestyle. Get inspired, gain actionable steps, and feel like you're connecting with genuine people who are making an impact all by way of careers which they designed. And that being said, if you are someone doing any of the aforementioned, I would love to have you on the show. I obviously explore my network and reach out to the people I know, but I want everyone to have an opportunity. So do not hesitate to reach out and request an interview. And let me know if you know somebody who you think would be really exciting for the Dare to Move podcast to interview. I hope you have an awesome day. And as always, dare to move. Dare to move.